Welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. During the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a leading business advisor and two-time best-selling author, will cover topics that will help business owners run their companies more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And we are going to cover a topic today that we have literally, uh, we were just talking about before we came on air here. It is five years to the day since we started Mr. Biz Radio. Uh, Producer Alan and myself, uh, you know, I've been working with them this whole entire time. And it is literally five years ago uh, on this date back in 2016, we did our very first show. So five years, uh, I just realized that today. Uh, pretty cool stuff. But so and, and the point is, in five years, we've never talked about this. So first of all, we're going to talk to talk about an entrepreneurial journey, of course, but we're going to talk about it specifically in regards to wine. Oh, yeah. A little bit of vino talk. That's what we're going to do. So we have with us this week uh, our guest. His name, you might not know his name, but his name is Addison Rex. However, he's otherwise known as Agent Crew. <laughs> Reporting for duty. Yes, and he is the CEO of Wine Spies. So, Agent Crew, welcome to Mr. Biz Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Like I said, we we like to mix it up. You know, I don't want to have just you know boring business topics all the time and things like that. We cover that too, but I want to talk about things that impact our community. Our community is you know predominantly entrepreneurs, business owners. But how many people out there are wine drinkers in the oh, There's a lot of them out there all throughout history, man. <laughs> yeah, of course. All over the world. So I guess um, to talk to us about what you usually start, and, and I want to hear kind of your entrepreneur journey. I know you started working at your family family's winery when you were probably just a youngin, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a uh, Northern California native. I grew up in Marin. Uh, my father is actually an architect, but his brother is the winemaker. And so uh, in high school, when I realized that was a possible career path, <laughs> it was a very easy decision. I did not have that uh, hemming and hawing, like, oh, what do I do with my life? I was like, oh, I could do wine. I'll do that. <laughs> so, so I had a nice I had a, a, a nice path laid out for me there. Um, and, you know, I really I started. So it's a it's a beautiful winery in, in Sonoma, California, which is right next to Napa. If, if people are not familiar, it's also mm-hmm. the fun, the fun valley, by the way. Right. Uh, I can attest uh, to that. (laughs) Yes. There's um, we have a a huge wine cave, 23,000 square foot wine cave. And and that had really just been dug and just getting open when I started. Um, So I started on the production side. You know, we we call it the cellar rat, Um, (laughs) cellar rat duties, scrubbing barrels, racking barrels, topping topping barrels, all that stuff, harvest. Um, And yeah, I worked I worked my way up. Uh, slowly but surely, um, eventually became the company's general manager. I was with them for about 10 years. Um, and then about four years ago now, which is astonishing. I can't believe it's been here, been here four years already. Uh, I left to join the Wine Spies, um, Agent Red, who's the founder. We all have code names. I make Agent Crew. <laughs> we take our spy work seriously. Got to like the brand. That's one, that's one hot tip. Live the brand. Um, so I joined, uh, my, the, my, my good friend, agent red, who's the founder of this business. He founded it actually 13 years ago. Um, 
And he's, we've been working on a couple different projects. I've, I've been the CEO for the past three years. Uh, we've been able to just take advantage of, you know, if, you know, we really have seen some unprecedented growth in the past couple of years. And, and, and it's, it's been phenomenal. We're sitting here in a beautiful new building. Actually, I've just got the painters here today and we're uh, finishing our touches on our new offices. We're very happy to be moving in. And uh, we're actually branching out. We've got a couple other new projects that we're working on, including an acquisition of a mushroom dietary supplement company, Adaptogens. So, yeah, we're kind of spreading our wings a little bit. And it's definitely an interesting point in my own particular entrepreneurial <laughs> journey. <laughs> oh, I'm well, starting to keep the company. Why not? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I have to ask. So, you know, we hear all these, um, these stories about the pandemic and the impact it's had on <clears throat> adult beverage sales, let's just call them adult beverage sales. Did you guys see a big, big, uh, a big demand increase uh, during the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, it was massive. Everybody that did direct to consumer sales. But I mean, I'm proud to say that, you know, even with the staggering numbers that were being put up by many people in this space, we beat all those numbers. Um, And we were not starting from square one. I mean, we've been established company for 11 years. um, And yet, you know, we were, we, we've basically 10 X the company in two years. So, uh, and a big part of that was a rollout of a key feature, which, um, we had been developing for many years and it just so happened that we had finally been able to finish development and implement it in April of 2020, which was just sheer coincidence, but, um, it was pretty revolutionary and we're still the only people in the space that really do it. So that, that gave us a big edge for sure. Yeah, well, so I got to ask. So we've got a couple minutes left here before we're going to hit a break. But um, what, what's up with the code names? What, what, yeah. what's, what's, what's the story behind <laughs> that? Join up. You have to. You have to. You have to figure out what your code name is. And I always, I always warn new agents going undercover. Like you better choose carefully what your code name is going to be because you actually are going to be called that. Nowadays, most people in the industry actually know me as AG Crew. Crew, uh, if you guys are not a wine person, that the crew means like it's a designation in France for like the the tip top shelf, you know. Um, gotcha. But we've got Agent Red as the founder, uh, the original co-founder with Agent White, obviously. But our newest hires, Agent Brute. So yeah, uh, but the code names are it's the real deal. And and I actually when I joined, I'm like, can I be Agent Rex? Like this is the one time in my life where I'm actually gonna be, get to be Agent Rex. I don't think I'm joining the FBI anytime soon. So he's like, no, you got to use your spot, man. You can't use your real name. So agent crew I've been for now four years. So I have to ask. So again, we've got about, we've got just a little over a minute left, but so you decided, you said it was an easy decision for you to, to, to enter the wine business. You didn't have to think about it or anything like that. But even though you started out as a seller rat, even, you know, starting out with that and all, I'm sure it was a lot of grimy work and not easy stuff and a pain in the butt. But even with that, you still had that passion. Oh yeah. I mean, I still to this day love wine. I mean, I drink, I drink wine almost every night. I mean, there's so much to it. I mean, even having gone into the business, there's a lot of different career paths you can choose. I think people don't really realize that there's like the production side, which is, you know, if you're actually making wine, it's like chemistry, food science, manufacturing, even like the art of cooking. If you're on the viticulture side, growing grapes, it's farming, biology, soil science, um, 
you know, agriculture, farming. Um, if you're on the business side, it's, it's, it's marketing in a highly competitive space of a highly regulated product that, you know, with a lot of niche specialty considerations that other industries don't necessarily have, you know, um, there's a whole separate body, which is like, like the Psalm thing where it's like wine lore and knowing all the wines of the world and, and all, and, you know, reviewing wines. So there's so many different careers just within the wine industry itself. So once you get in, there's a lot of roads you can take. Um, and I'm very happy to, I mean, I have always liked, I really do like the entrepreneurial, uh, the way of, you know, how can we take a problem, solve the problem and just make people's lives better, you know, while doing it. So that's, I, I love wine spies for that reason. So certainly, that certainly fits the bill. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Well, again, this week we're talking with Agent Crew, otherwise known as Addison Rex. He is a CEO of Wine Spies. You can find out more at winespies.com, winespies.com. Come back after the break. We're going to give the Mr. Biz tip of the week. And in the third segment, you guys might be wondering about this. He is going to teach us how to choose wine, how to get a good value from wine. I have no clue. So I'm looking forward to that. So come back after the break on Mr. Biz Radio. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. It is time for Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And I've been using this one for the last couple of years. We mix them up as always, but I get this question so often. So we've kept it as a, as a tip, as one of our weekly tips um, and that is, I get asked this all the time, no matter what the business industry niche, et cetera, how much money should I be spending on marketing? And the Mr. Biz official recommendation is you should be spending typically somewhere in two to 8% of your revenue. Now you can go above that up to about 15%, but usually what I suggest and recommend is that nine to 15% range of your revenue is for short-term opportunities. Maybe you've got a new product launch. Maybe you've opened a new location. Um, maybe you know uh, some of your competitors have gone out of the market, and you're trying to see some market share. Things like that, short-term opportunities. But generally speaking, two to eight percent. And the other part I'll say on the low side is even when things are really tight, try, try, try to stay at least at two percent. Because what happens is, think about this: if you're advertising on on a regular basis and whatever avenues you are advertising in, if all of a sudden you cut it off. And you say, oh my gosh, I got to cut expenses. Things are getting tight. I got to cut them off. And let's say you were spending 5% and you go to zero. All of a sudden, especially if it's during an economic downturn, like maybe the pandemic, et cetera, 
people start to wonder like, well, did they go to business? Cause I don't see them advertising anymore. So you want to make sure obviously you don't, you don't have that problem because then all of a sudden your, your pipeline dries up and, and you got a big problem. So that is the Mr. Biz tip of the week. So agent crew. So uh, yeah, I saw, I saw one of your painters back there. You, you, you got them buzzing, man. You're, you're work, working hard over there at Wine Spies headquarters. Yeah, we've got about three different things going on right now. Actually, this so this whole building, I mean, it's it's a huge warehouse. We're doing a lot of exciting things. We're building a whole shop, media studio, a couple different sets so we can do some high-end uh, production content. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 all happening. We're, we've, we've acquired this building in March, and we've been doing the renovations, and we're actually moving in later this week, and we're going to get out of the lobby where we've all been crammed in, so we're very excited about that. <laughs> I like it. So you had been, so what was the key for you guys last year? You said, you know, in the last couple of years, you've 10 X the business. Has there been anything that's been like a, like a, a game changer for you? Has it just been the demand during the pandemic that helped? Was it yeah. a combination of several different things? So, so the main game changer was the rollout of a new feature called, called lockers. Um, so with our business model, we sell one wine every day. Um, so when you go to our site, um, you'll see one wine and then tomorrow it's going to be a different wine. And it's always at a crazy price. I mean, really like we have some very deep discounts um, and there's no like, you know, there's no magic trick. There's nothing to it. I mean, we really do just have relationships with thousands of different suppliers, producers, distributors, importers. Um, and we, we hunt for crazy good deals. And then the thing is we only bring that deal to you for one day, which is how we're able to get away with that price point. Um, but uh, there's a few competitors in our space and every single one of them, they have kind of like free shipping on six bottles. That's their model. Well, if you think about it, all right, let's say we have like, you know, a hundred dollar wine, but we're bringing it to you today for 50% off 50 bucks. Great deal. But if you have to buy six bottles of it, all right, that's $300 value proposition. I've never tasted this wine. How much do I really want to check this wine out? It's a pretty big ask. So with our system called lockers, you can actually buy as few bottles as you want, one bottle, two bottles, three bottles, and you can put them in your virtual locker. And then when you have 12 bottles, which is a full case, then um, you can ship it to yourself for free. Um, and it's just, it works out really nicely. People love it. Uh, so that, that was a big one. The other one was just investing in the team. So when I came on board, you know, Agent Red had been successfully running the company, making a tidy profit for himself and keeping it at a pretty steady pace for a decade. Uh, and, you know, it was comfortable. I mean, he's he, he, he's done well for himself and uh, the company uh, was self-sustaining. We had decided to embark on some growth and, you know, we we found a little bit of SBA capital, you know, not much. But that was enough to make some key hires, including a marketer and including a wine buyer, a very knowledgeable wine buyer. And so we improved the quality. We did three things simultaneously. We improved the quality of our offers. We got serious about our traditional marketing, which traditional these days is like, you know, Facebook ads. Um, and we rolled out a key new feature that solved a major pain point in the marketplace. So, you know, those were kind of the secrets of you know, the, the big part of the success. And then we built on top of that, we rolled out another key feature. Uh, we were t well, we rebuilt the entire site from the ground up, launched in August. Um, it's just more usable than ever. We released another feature called the Vault, which for 20 bucks, it's basically, you can buy a mystery bottle um, and it's all the, the, the rewards are allocated totally randomly and it's more super transparent. 
transparent about it. And so people are winning like you know, $200 Napa cabs for 20 bucks. Um, and it comes fishy wrap and you don't know what it is until you open it. That's, that's pretty cool. So that's a new thing that we rolled out. And then we're having, we're launching our app uh, probably in the first quarter of next year. So we're just kind of trying to build on each of these successes. And, you know, when, when you spoke about, you know, uh, the percentage that you want to allocate to marketing, I mean, it really, you're absolutely right. It can be a function of revenue. And then it's specific also to what your particular company's profit margins are. And then also how much you want to invest in growth. You should always have a rainy day fund, but you know, if you want to see that top line grow, um, you know, be prepared to spend, you know, what, what you have in, in terms of, you know, CapEx. So uh, we've put a lot of money in marketing in the past couple of years. We, we actually put together like a very expensive high-end uh, commercial, which you should check out. It's pretty fun. You get to meet the uh, agent red as, as played by Jason Statham lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah. So, and then, so then we were kind of embarking on new marketing campaigns like that. Well, I got to tell you, I love the concept of uh, lockers and vault because one of my questions for you was going to be, Obviously, one of the challenges in your industry is shipping. Yes. Uh, not necessarily kind of a challenge pre-pandemic, but now, I, I, how have you guys been able? Obviously, lockers kind of get you around that to some extent, but I know a lot of my other clients as a fractional CFO are dealing with shipping issues and things like that. So how have you guys been impacted by that? Yeah, it's a huge pain point, um, especially for wine, because you have to be there to sign for your package. Right. Um, so yeah, lockers is hugely helpful in that you can consolidate multiple wine orders together. I mean, heck, even if you were a person that did like to buy six bottles at a time, well, now you have two six bottle orders combined into one package you have to be there for. But most of our people, you know, most of our customers who we call our operatives, by the way, keeping the spy branding going. Yeah. Um, most of our operatives, uh, they buy, you know, two bottles at a time, three bottles at a time. So, you know, it's really convenient for them. Still, they got this wine package coming in. You know, uh, right now where the industry is at, there's been a huge amount of consolidation. Pretty much every single person or company that sells wine, they use a third-party fulfillment center that's, that's specific for wine. Um, even the big, really, really big names that you would know, they don't even bother fulfilling their own wine these days. Um, part of the reason for that is because, you know, these massive fulfillment companies have one UPS account. So there are economies of scale and savings there. It's still cheaper for you to do it through them, you know, than were you to do it yourself, pay the UPS and the labor and the warehousing, et cetera. So the problem is, is that, you know, there's a degree of separation where you're relying on another company to just, you know, do that, that, not only the delivery, but they actually like physically pick the wine. So for example, there's been a lot of seasonal workers hired recently as usual, and they're actually picking and packing the wines on our behalf. You know, people have to pay us $9, which is our cost to put an ice pack in the chipper. People, you know, the packer who's a new seasonal untrained person doesn't put the ice pack in. Our customers are like, I paid $9 for this ice pack. Where's my ice pack? And we're like, we're so sorry. Yet we had no control over that. So that's a big challenge, um, you know, and, and fortunately, you know, we're at the size where we actually have an, some clout with the fulfillment center and, and it, it matters when, when we're unhappy. But, you know, a lot of the winery clients who are just smaller wineries, you know, they're like, they, 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 they could, they can complain all they want. Nothing changes. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, we got to hit a break here real quick. Sure. 
agent crew. Uh, we're going to hit a couple and, and then we're going to come back and he's going to teach us how to best choose a good wine on Mr. Biz Radio. Are you ready to automate your business? Automation is the key to scaling a business and building wealth. It's also one of the most difficult things for a small business owner to do on their own. If you're looking for help with automation, Pulse Technology CRM can help. We have an exclusive offer for Mr. Biz Nation. We will build everything for free, even if it's a sophisticated funnel. Visit thepulsespot.com forward slash Mr. Biz for this exclusive offer. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at mrbizsolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio. And again, this week we've been talking with Agent Crew, CEO of WineSpies.com. And he's told us some innovative concepts that they have implemented at WineSpies, um, especially not only because of the pandemic, but, you know, sounds like some of it was almost coincidental. You guys had some of these things in the works and then it ended up working out and timing was, uh, was very symbiotic. So that all being said, and with your vast experience in the, this industry, what are some ways, and I did some research on this um, a while back, and I, I, I can't remember all the statistics off the top of my head, but it was interesting to me because it really hit home to me in kind of a bad, embarrassing way in that how do people choose wine? And a lot of people choose wine based on the label, um, right? So they look at it and they go, well, I'm, I want to buy, fill in the blank, a $50 bottle of wine. And they look at the $50 bottles of wine and they go, you know, they're drawn to a certain label right? Because the label looks cool or elegant or exquisite or whatever. And uh, I got to imagine that's a huge thing within your industry. But um, so what are some ways, what are some ways uh, as a consumer that we can, you know, find good value in wine, which we'll be looking for? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's the thing everybody wants to know. Um, And yeah, I've got, I've got a short list of hot tips. Um, First of all, I want to preface by saying like, I'm the anti-wine snob. If, if you, if a wine tastes good to you and you enjoy it, that is a good wine. So it's really, the question is, how do you find a wine that you like? Um, So I'll I'll start by saying that, you know, it's quite like, there's kind of a minimum, minimum cost required to, um, to make, to make good wine at all, um, period you can't really put it in the bottle for a certain quality. I would say these days under 15 bucks. So get ready to at least shell out that much money. Um, There's not too many exceptions to that, but there, there are some, but as a good rule of thumb, that's helpful in terms of going by the label. I mean, what else do you really have to go on? You know what I mean? One, one thing is, is that if, um, if you're looking at a bottle of wine, the more specific the geographical region gets, then the it's the higher quality it's going to be typically as well. So if it just says California wine on it, then it's down here. If it says California wine, Sonoma County, all right, it's up here. If it says California wine, Sonoma County, Russian River Valley, which is an area within Sonoma County, that's that much better. If it says California, Sonoma County, Russian River Valley, Heinz Vineyard, Okay, now you got so specific that it's coming from a sense of place. And you also know that that increased the value because there are there's very few legal requirements about what can go into a bottle in, in America. But one of them is the, the, the percentage of the wine that is what we claim on the label. So if you say it's going to come from this particular place, it has to come from that particular place. And being that selective with your grapes is a hallmark of quality. So if you see a lot of specificity, that's probably a good sign. Um, you know, the other thing I'd say is just find 
like if you have a local shop, um, it doesn't have to be a dusty bottle shop. It could be it could be Safeway. You'd be surprised at the person work that works in the wine section. Ask for recommendations. You know, just be like, hey, which which wine should I try? What do you like? Um, and what you'll find is, and then this is the other thing is when you drink wine, pay attention. Like just just it doesn't have to be like you don't have to think right down tasty notes of ooh, you know like hand hand like like Fendi handbag and and blueberries cassis like just think like oh is it sweet like do I like it like what is it about it that I like but pay attention and then associate that with what's on the label so next time you can oh I liked wine when it was from Russian River Valley and 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 if you never pay attention you're never gonna get better at it. Um, and yeah, and then then also if you can find, I mean, you know, shameless plug, companies like Wine Spies, which bring a different wine every day, we have extremely thorough tasting notes and we vet every single wine that we sell. So on Wednesdays, we have a tasting panel and, you know, there's like now there's six of us and we actually all have very different palates and we pretty much all have to agree that this is a good wine or we don't sell it. So that's a good opportunity for you to like, Try different wines that you might not have otherwise tried. See what you think about it. Um, and then, again, you can learn from there as long as you're paying attention to what you've had in the past. Interesting. I never knew. I never heard about the how specific, uh, you know, the, the label is. I think that's an interesting thing. It makes perfect sense, but I had never even heard of that. So. I, that's why I was taking notes. I wasn't trying to be rude, but I was taking yeah, notes. Nah. Like, yeah, this is this is good stuff here. Because um, again, I'm not. I, honestly, I'm not a huge wine fan, but I like to have a glass of wine now and again. But I just have no clue, you know, how to choose it. So um, interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, start with the basics that you know. Like, you know, everyone knows Cabernet and Chardonnay. You know, what is it about people that I like Chardonnay? Oh, it tastes kind of buttery. Um, okay, well, that's, there's a reason for that. I went through malolactic fermentation. It actually has the same acid in it and it makes it creamy. Oh, I don't like that. Okay, you don't want wines that have malolactic fermentation. Like there's great, um, like super simple, really approachable books uh, from Grape to Glass is a really popular one. And, you know, what you find is, is that, and this is why people get into wine, is it's actually really interesting. You know, and as, as soon as you start drinking it and just gain, gain a little bit of knowledge, you tend to want to learn more and more and more, you know? So that's, um, that's kind of, it's, it's you, you, there's a lot of people which find wine even later in life and all of a sudden fall in love with it and start getting much more interested. And no matter how, like what level you're at, if you're still just, you know, getting wine from the grocery store, or, you know, if you're buying rare collectible wines, you know, from France, there's still another level beyond that. It's, you know, and that, that kind of keeps it interesting no matter, no matter how much you drink and you fun. <laughs> so, so I got to ask this question. What's yeah. the, what's the primary difference between a, a $50 bottle of wine and a $500 bottle of wine? Yeah, it is the cost. So, I mean, especially that's why I said that $15 number. I would say up to, hmm, except for Napa, like let's take Napa Cabernet aside. So it really actually is a function of the price of grapes, believe it or not. Um, you can buy a ton of Central Valley, which is kind of in California is like the Central Valley is a huge central part of California. It's massive. There's millions and millions of acreages. Um, shouldn't say millions. Plant. Millions of cases are produced from Central Valley grapes. You can buy a ton of grapes for like 300 bucks. Napa Cabernet last year is like $15,000 a ton. 
So, so that, that alone right there is going to, and, and same, I mean, same with Sonoma, it's not quite as astronomical as that, but you know, it is the cost of grapes does translate into the price per bottle and that does come back to quality. And there's also a, like kind of chicken or the egg thing where it's like, okay, well, certain regions command more, more price point, a higher price point on the shelf. People are willing to pay more for it. Therefore, that area is getting more money, you know, that they can invest in quality of production. So, you know, the viticulture is better, the winemaking is better, they can hire better winemakers, they can use more sophisticated equipment. So you kind of get a flywheel effect for particular wine producing regions. So there's some regions that are up and coming, like in California, I'll throw out, um, you know, like Lodi, Mendocino, um, you know, now the quality is coming up. It's not necessarily that the, that the areas are getting any better in terms of their suitability climate wise, although some people would say that it's really just like people are kind of like look, seeing the value there and then money starting to flood to those areas and then the quality is coming up kind of like Oregon for example even the eastern seaboard now like Virginia um there's some great wines being made good stuff good stuff yeah. well I, I gotta tell you agent crew I learned a ton um, super, uh, super good. I, I really, really appreciate you coming on. We're out of time, but I really appreciate you coming on. Go out to winespies.com. That's winespies.com. Tell them Agent Crew sent you. Oh. appreciate you coming on the show. We'll see you over there. Thanks so much for having me, man. This has been great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thanks for listening. As always, have a great week. And don't forget, cash flow is king. has been Mr. Biz Radio. To learn how to become part of Mr. Biz Nation, visit MrBizSolutions.com. For access to free weekly content, subscribe to the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and follow him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. To listen to archive shows, you can find them on the Mr. Biz Solutions website.